continue to minister to you along these lines about your supernatural seed, your supernatural gift that you gave into the kingdom of God to keep you in faith. And I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew 10. And look here just for a moment at verse 1. Matthew 10 and verse 1. And the Bible said, when he had called unto him the 12 disciples, he gave them power. Everybody say power. power. And notice what he gave them power. Power against unclean spirits. See? To do what? To cast them out. Number two, to heal all manner of what? Sickness and what? And all manner of disease. Can you see that? He gave them power. And he went on in verse 2 and listed their name, the 12 apostles. But now we know it's more than 12 of us and etc. And then as it goes down here in verse, uh, what is that, verse 5? Yeah. And he said... To the twelve, Jesus sent them forth, commanded them, saying, Do what? Go not into the way of the Gentile and into any city of the Samaritan. Enter ye not. Next verse. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. At that time, that's what he was called to. But now that Jesus has paid the price for us all, we all are the household of God. Is that right? Jews and Gentile. Watch this. And he said, as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is where? Is at hand. And that's what I want to share with you. The application of the kingdom of God. You demonstrated it earlier by your giving. But it's not just the the giving. When we talk about the kingdom of God is at hand or the application of the kingdom of God. That means that must be a demonstration of the laws that govern the kingdom, like as of finances. Are you following what I'm saying here? Now watch this. So now notice this. I'm going to stay here, look at the same chapter and go to Matthew chapter 6. Whoa, okay, Lord. Let's go to Luke chapter 12 and look at verse 4. Same, just about the same story. I'm just following him. Uh, Let's see, go to verse 5. Verse 6. Are not five sparrows sold for two fardling? And not one of them is forgotten before God. You're talking about birds, right? But even the very hair of your head are all what? That go to tell you how powerful your God is. Now, you know, I got hair in my beard, but you know, I ain't got no hair on my head. You know, you're always losing your hair. Is that right? Growing hair. And 
God knows the, the number of hairs on your head. That's going to tell you how intimate he are or he is with you and I. Because we don't, it's impossible for you to know the grains of hair on your head. But that's going to tell you how much he thinks towards you. Right? Fear not, therefore. Look at somebody and tell them, say, fear not. Because that's what's going to try to come to you in the seeds you gave. It wants you to fear. It wants you to doubt. You have to be the one, uh, Sister Pat, Pat, or Pam, Pat, open your mouth and say, I will not fear. Hmm? Right? Watch this. Ye are, notice this, ye are of more value, value than what? Many sparrows, meaning they don't even gather, uh, King James in, in Matthew 6 says, they don't either gather in the barn, nor do they sow or gather in the barn. No, but they don't put nothing up. They, don't, they have no understanding that they need to eat a little, <clears throat> put a little away, or they need to have some type of shelter. They don't even know. But God provides for them. He said, are you not much more than they? Yes, you are. If God can care for a bird, and you and I are created in his image and likeness, how much he think of you? You are loved of God, little children. And you have overcome the world, meaning that everything that the world says can't happen, won't happen, shouldn't happen. It didn't already happen because you are born of God. What shouldn't happen, can't happen, won't happen, belong to those that are uncircumcised. You know what I mean by uncircumcised? Meaning those who do not have a relationship with the God of the Lord Jesus Christ as you and I do. Our days are toiling. Our days are struggling. You should put it in your spirit, put it in your mouth, it's over. You should put it on your, on your refrigerator. You should put it in the front of your Bible. You should put it on your bathroom mirror. It's over. It's over. So you got to tell your debt, you got to tell, it's over. My seed has met the need. Are you, are you understand what I'm saying here? See, if you don't speak to it, remember, it's, just because it's yours, it's not going to just happen. It's not going to just come to you because it's yours. No, you got to, you got to fight for it. You got to make a stand up on it. It's like fat on the body. I don't have to do nothing to have fat on my body. All I got to do is just eat. It just, it just come. Right? But if you want to get the fat off, notice how much work you got to put in. And notice how stubborn they want to get. I ain't coming all. Right? You just think about anything like that in your life. Anything that you're struggling with in your life. You have to fight for it. You have to stand up and be the one and fight for it. And you fight with words of the kingdom. Not words of the flesh, but words of the kingdom. That's where your breakthrough is. Amen? Watch this. Next verse, uh, Casey. I got to see who's back there now. 
And also I say unto you, whosoever shall what? Confess me before men. Not just with the mouth, but your confession came by what you did. See, your confession equalized your belief. That's why James, not James, Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with the mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, who shall be saved? The person who did what? The confession. The person who did what? The belief. Notice what verse 10 said. Verse 10 said, for with the mouth, confession is made. See? Confe Notice it. It's made unto salvation. Not the forgiveness of sin. It's made unto your prosperity. It's made unto your divine health. Not healing. But if you need healing, take it. But once you get healed, walk in divine health. You fight sickness. You fight every symptom of flu, every symptom of allergy, every symptom of, of, of sinus infection. You fight it. When you sit you don't receive. I don't receive this. My life has been redeemed from the curse of the law. Jesus sent his word and he healed me and I receive it and my life been my life is redeemed from destruction. What did I do? I resist it. Yes, sir. Oh, amen. I, I, I resist it. Oh, you follow me? That's how, see, the kingdom of God, you're pulling words out of that kingdom into your body because your mortal body don't have the kingdom of God in it. The kingdom of God lives in your spirit. But when you confess with your mouth, and you believe in your heart, then guess what? It's changing your thinking. It's changing your mindset. That's what John the Baptist says. Repent. Watch it. Let's put this up. Oh, I got to give me a way to have two different streets. Uh, Casey, Matthew chapter 3, look at verse 1. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of, of Judea and saying, look what he said, what? Repent ye for what? The kingdom of heaven, not the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God are the same. They just use inexchangeable, okay? So he said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So to repent means what? It means Turn around. It means to change your mind about how you think. But in order for me to change my mind, I got to see what the kingdom of heaven is about. Because it's the, it's, it's the new life that I've embraced or that I'm hearing that I have to be what? A partaker of. Before the life that is of me can now get up on my lack, my insufficiency, or uh, whatever it is that I have need of. You're releasing words out of your spirit, but those words are, notice what is it? Your words are like spiritual containers. Your words is what either cause you and I to live in the realm of abundance 
or it will cause you to live in a realm of fear, doubt, and unbelief. You know what I mean by that? Let me give you an example. Take for an example. Look at uh, 2 Corinthians 8, I mean 2 Corinthians 9, and look at verse 8, and put this in the classic amplified case. This is one of the scriptures that I want you to put in your arsenal. You know what I mean by your arsenal? Put it on your refrigerator or put it in your bathroom. I want you, because look, let me tell you something. You release financially, but the seed of the word have to grow. You ever seen them put a plant a tomato seed? Well, they don't hardly do that too much today. They just buy the whole tomato and put the whole, right, the little. Oh, okay, you see, you do that by job. You know how they used to have the little packet? They used to have the little packet of the tomato seed and they put it. Yeah, see, that's, that's how I learned about Miss Amy, the lady that lived next door. She put the, the actual seed. We'll dig the ground up. She have us. We were the tiller. Then we didn't have no. We didn't know about no tiller. We were the tiller. With that hole. Y'all, y'all know what garden hole. I might as well say that because you know. <laughs> you gotta be careful how you say things today. You heard him. He called me a hole. Your mama. <laughs> but no, a garden hole, right? And that's what we used to use. And man, you turn that dirt up with that garden hoe until you get it all fluffy. And, and, and then all of a sudden, she, she would have us to make a little, a little line in there, in that little mound. And you drop them seeds in there and water right behind it. Open it up, put that seed in there, cover it up, put that water on there. In a few days, what's the first? What's the first thing take place, Brother George? Since you, anybody here else do do that? What's the first thing that take place? The ground does what? It open up. So why is the ground opening up? Because there's life in that ground, and it's opening up because the life that's in the sea, it the purpose of it is to spring forth, but it got to be planted. Right? Okay? So just listen to the idea about the natural way of sowing in the natural. Because the principle of a farmer is the same principle what you're doing today. You're actually using words, whereas an actual farmer is using the tool that he has to put in motion to bring forth the tomatoes, the cucumbers, and etc. You're going to bring forth the abundance the blessing of God that belongs to you by what you say. Okay? Same application, but the method that you're using is different. You're using the actual tool here, but the tool that you're using is the Word of God. Okay? So therefore, once you get that SC sown, well, notice what takes place. That ground opens up, and then the first thing you're going to see is a little blade. That's how you know it didn't caught. And then, what the first thing Brother John would say? Come here, Pastor, let me show you my, my tomatoes. Hey, there's no tomatoes. What if I wanted to walk across that? Oh, no, 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 no. That's my tomatoes right there. Well, where are they? 
Now I'm talking to y'all. Where are they? See, so you got hope. Hope is what gives you the expectation that what you put in that ground, you'll know it's coming up and you're going to do everything you can to do what? Protect that. You got to do everything you can now to protect the ground of your heart, your mind from doubt, fear. Are you understand? Because it's going to talk to you. The moment you walk out that door, it's going to talk to you. You're going to have to have an answer for it. If your, if your tomato crop look weak, you know, I need to put some water here. What you going to do? You go rush and get you the water and you start sprinkling or you put your little fertilizer on there and you begin to be at what? Peace because you know what it needs. Right? It's the same thing about your, your seed of the word of God. Whether it be for healing, whether it be for financial breakthrough, then guess what? When doubt comes, you got to go back to the scripture and say, and God is able to make all grace. That means every favor an earthly blessing. Who's able to do this? It didn't say nothing about me, right? It said God is able. It said come to you how? In what? That's what you got to have in your mouth. My seed is bringing forth abundance. Hmm? My seed. And you what? I am expecting it. Just as a farmer is expecting corn, you are expecting. A farmer, when he sows, I forgot the terminology, but he can put an ear of corn or two, what in the kernels? A corn, and it may bring forth a stalk. And on that stalk is how many? Sometimes it could be what? A lot. So what are you doing? You're taking that stalk. You, you're eating a little. But then you take some of it off, let it dry out, and do what? Plant it again. Well, guess what? Now it's going to bring forth even more so. Because you understand what? The laws that govern the sowing. When you understand the laws of the kingdom of giving and receiving, and you understand that I, I have to be the one to watch over this, well, guess what? For you to watch over your seed is through how you speak. Huh? Y'all making me sweat. Amen. I mean, I take serious what, what we all did this morning because I'm expecting but it's on your part and my part to do what? Keep away the doubt. Keep away the unbelief. But you have to have words of faith to do what? To hold you there. So notice what it says. Come to me in abundance so that you may always all make it personal. So that I may always under all circumstances and whatever the need be. Self-sufficient. I'm possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnish in abundance 
for every good work and charitable donation. That's where God wants all of us to be, that we are always having sufficiency for more than enough. A farmer don't sow just to get, you know, a little patch of tomatoes or, or one stalk of corn. No. If he's not careful, he'll have bushels of corn, stalks of corn, because why? The process, when you put that law in motion, it has to go. It's a law. It will work every time. When you're giving and receiving, watch this. Let me give you another verse of scripture. Go to Malachi chapter 3 and look at verse 10. Now, some people confess and talk about the tithe, so you have to be careful who you listen to and what you listen to. The tithe is not under the law. The tithe was given before the law ever was mentioned. So whenever you want to learn something about whether it's grace, faith, identity, the blood of Jesus, always look for what I call the law of first mention, meaning where was it first mentioned in the Bible? Under what condition was it mentioned? So where was tithe first mentioned in the Bible? Melchizedek, but where was tithe first mentioned? Genesis. All right. Okay, let's go back there before we let's go to Genesis chapter 14 and look at verse 17. This is what when I see something, this is what we call the law of first mention. Now notice this. It says, go to verse 18, Casey, for time's sake. Melchizedek, king of Salem, later called Jerusalem, brought out Bread and wine. What does that represent? The body of Christ, right? Okay. For their nourishment, he was the priest of the Most High God. Now, Melchizedek is an office. Because he called Melchizedek. He was the priest. Go back to verse uh, 17 for a moment. What does that say? Is it verse 17? No, uh, verse 18. Melchizedek, king of Salem. Well, when you look at the word Salem, what does the word Salem mean? Peace. So you know you're not talking about a place. It's talking about a place within. Okay? Now go back to verse 19, Casey. And notice what, notice what Melchizedek did. And I believe this was Jesus in a... And in, a, in the form of an angel, some believe that it was um, uh, one of Noah's son, which would have been uh, Shem, I think it was, because he was alive at that time. But the genealogy of how it, you know, what they speak, it could go either way. But I'm going to say this. I'm going to stick to this part right here, that it is the office that only Jesus could hold. Okay. Now watch this. He said, and he blessed him and said, what does the word bless mean? Empowered. Empowered him and said, empowered favor with empowerment, 
What does that simply mean? That means you are in power. What is in you, what is on your life, is going to cause increase to come to you. Let me say that to you again. What is in you and on you, Brother Joe, is what causes you to prosper. You got to understand that what God put in you and what God put on you, it will cause you to prosper. I'm not talking about being rich. There are many people that are wealthy, but they have much sorrow with it. They have no peace. They have no rest. And why? Because the money doesn't have a purpose of for which it was given for. Okay? Watch this. Number one, he said, made blissful, or blissful, joyful, be Abraham by God most high. So the, what did he say right here? He said, put it in King James so it, 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 you can see it in a better light. Bless him and said, bless be Abram or be empower Abram of what? The most high God. Who is what? The possessor of heaven and earth. Who's the possessor? God, right? But he empowered him to do what? To be a possessor of heaven and earth. Of what is rightfully God. But because he created you, he is empowering you with the gift, with the call, whatever the purpose in your heart. He will give you the necessity, what is needed, so that you could be what? A blessing. So you can't be a blessing until you yourself are what? Blessed. Right? Watch this. Next verse. Then he said, and blessed be the most high God, which has done what? Delivered thine enemy into his hand. Now, Abraham hadn't given no time. This is something that, that he discovered God was with him because God already made a covenant with Abram. Okay? So how did Abram know to give him a tithe of all? There's no mention that God talked to him. So how did he know? See, fellowship. It's just like a man know his wife. When you fellowship, when you fellowship with your, you know one another. Are you following what I'm saying? Intimacy. Not just intercourse, but intimacy be the fellowship, the relationship that you have. You already know what make one another move. Is that right? This is what this is saying right here. He gave him tithe of all because of what God did for him. What did God do for him? He took 318 trained servants of his own household and he went up against the King Dale. That was five different armies. I didn't take you through all of that. You can go back and look at uh, the 14th chapter and start at verse 1 and read the whole chapter. But that was, four, that was five different armies and... Abraham took 14, I mean, three, took 318 trained servants of his own and delivered Lot and his family out of Sodom. And that's when he came back and he brought him a tithe of all doing what? 
showing forth his what? Thanksgiving. His thankfulness. Because why? No one could have done that. I couldn't have done that if it wasn't for the hand of God in my life. Now look at your life. Look at yours. Look at mine. You know, there's, there's so much we can look at. It's like just thinking about being born again. And just to know that, hey, God lives in me. I don't know about you, but that says so. God lives in me. He has his hand on my life. He's given me this confidence to stand before you and speak because I would never do that. Can you see that? Watch this. He blessed him. He said, and blessed be the most high God, which has what? Delivered thine enemies where? Into his hand. What was the first thing we saw? Blessed be the most high God who is the possessor of what? Heaven and earth. Now we see, blessed be the most high God which has did what? Delivered my enemies into my hand. And the Bible said, and he gave him tithe of all. What did the next verse say? And the king of Sodom said to Abram, give me the person and take the goods to thyself. He said, oh no. Because I don't want you to say you have given me a true life that you did anything to make me rich. He knew his victory came from God. Can you see that? Now, can we go to Malachi chapter 3? That's the law of first mention. The tithe was ever, was always before the law. What's the purpose of giving the tithe? The tithe is you giving a thank you offering to God. Because what? This is where you grow. This is the place that you gain understanding. Once you grow here in this place, receive instruction, then you go out and guess what? You demonstrate the kingdom of God outside of these walls. But the church building is a place that you learn how to demonstrate. Okay? Here we go. Oh, ooh, I got to close. This is my last verse of scripture. Okay. Bring ye all the tide where? Into the storehouse. The storehouse is a place where you're fed. This is your storehouse. Now, it needs to be a place where you can feed, where you can get from. If you're not being fed, then guess what? It's not the storehouse. You, you, you feed, you give where you are fed. Okay? You know, evangelists, teachers of the word of God, traveling ministers, then guess what? They're not the storehouse. But if you can't get no feeding from no one else and you're getting it from that apostle, that prophet, that evangelist, because your local church is not feeding you the word of God, then guess what? That would be the storehouse. I mean, understand what I'm saying. In a perfect world, the storehouse is the church. But sad to say, some churches are not really the storehouse because they won't teach you the things about the laws of the kingdom. They won't teach you on the redemption of who you are and whose you are and what you have as the righteousness of God. It won't teach you to understand that, you know, uh, marriage is between a man and a woman and not two men or two women. 
They won't, they won't teach you that, you, you understand what I'm saying? That uh, uh, sin is wrong. But you have to teach what? The opposite of showing, not putting so much on the sin, but putting what? The finger up on what the kingdom of God is. And that's what we did the last two weeks. If we can tell you what the kingdom of God is, then you'll know what the kingdom of God is not. Okay? So if a person going to repent and change their mind, then guess what? You have to begin to present something to them in a light the way as like some people I talk to, I never saw it that way. Now that you put it that way, it makes a lot of sense. Well, that's what happened. A lot of times people, so before you find people, fault people in their, how they're living, what's going on, did you give them the alternative? Did you share with them the gospel, the kingdom of God? Because you can't share the kingdom of God and say, Either repent or you're going to burn in hell. Now, that may be true, but that's not the kingdom of God. Can y'all see that? The kingdom of God is telling them, so when John said repent, he was letting them know that, hey, a new way of living, a new way of doing, a new way of being has been displayed. Now, it's up to you and I to do what? To share it with them. Okay? Now watch this. I got to close. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be what? Meat in my house. That means spiritual food in my house. So when you leave here, I want you to, it's not that I'm the best teacher, but I want you to leave here knowing something. Holding on to something. Amen? If you don't understand, you know you can lift your hands here. Say, I don't understand that, Pastor. Can you say that again? Well, what about this? I'm not against that because this is a classroom. This is where you learn. Okay? Said the Lord, notice he said, and prove me. That's the only place that it always say, now you prove me. Why? Why, why the church is a storehouse? Because you get married here, right? Counseling take here. You know, I don't, you know, I know some of you, you know, I hope, I'm praying that none of you don't die before we take the rapture, but, you know, may have to bury some of you. I pray that I don't have to. But that's the job of a pastor. Then I might even marry some of you. Some of y'all that not even married, you know, I might, you know, get the opportunity and, you know, marry Paige and her, you know, and her little, her little bow, her little boo. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you know, but 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 that's the purpose of a storehouse. See, that pastor can always be called. That pastor can always answer the call when you call. That traveling evangelist or teacher or that apostle not. They don't know you. They may say, you know. And even if they did, you know, they don't have the time. But that person that's called in that office spend time with the sheep. That's why I say a pastor probably to me is one of the most important figures of the fivefold. And all the, all the offices are important. Don't misunderstand me. But because that pastor is the one with the sheep 
all the time. He or she cares for that sheep. And they watch over that sheep. That's their job. Because God put that in us. Now, I'm more than just a pastor. I got the call of an apostle. I didn't call myself that. He called me that. But my primary, one of my primary goal is what? Is to watch over you. Now, when I go teaching somewhere else, I don't, I don't teach as a pastor. I, I teach under an uh, apostolic and prophetic anointing. But you hardly ever see me use that here. My job is to do what? Feed the sheep. Feed the body. So that you, so that he said, when you prove him, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pull you out a blessing, that means that there should not be room enough to receive. That means you, you know, you'll not be able to contain it all. You have to call someone else to share the wealth, to share the good because of what you're giving or bringing all the time. Now, the offering can go other places. Okay? You can give offering to other places. But what offerings that we give out of this ministry, you're not, it's not just we giving it, but part of the offering that's the ministry we sow, you know, you're helping the homeless. You, you're helping abortion clinics. You're helping uh, 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 to feed the hunger, the poor. That ministry that we support to do what? They get behind. We can't go into all these places, but guess what? The seed can so you got just as much in it as we do. Okay? Any question? Did that make sense to you? Okay. We're going to stop right here. We'll pick it up the next time. Amen? I think I delivered what I needed to deliver to y'all. <laughs>